Welcome back to the FreightWaves Global Supply Chain Summit. I'm joined by Richard Simons, the General Manager of Parts, Sales, and Marketing for Daimler Trucks North America. We're really glad to have Richard with us this afternoon. We're going to look into the parts business, and we're going to talk about how that affects supply chain and how it affects branding and, and some of the things that, that Daimler's been able to learn over these months of pandemic, how the internet is now affecting so much of the parts business. And we're just going to kind of dive in. Thanks for being here, Richard. Thank you. Excited to have the conversation. Yeah, I I just think this is a fascinating time. Obviously, we're seeing so much going on with uh, certainly the, the uh, uh, semiconductor business right now is affecting so many automakers, hasn't quite hit the truck business yet, and it may not or may. But uh, that isn't really what we're here to talk about. What we want to talk about is is parts, and that is uh, that's your area. And uh, I guess I just wanted to get a good sense as we get started here. What what kind of adjustments did Daimler uh, make, uh, you know, need to make to prioritize the part shipments uh, during the pandemic, Richard? Yeah, thank you, thank you for the question. And, and uh, first, before uh, answering that question, if I could just maybe frame uh, the complexities of our uh, network uh, as it pertains to how we have to plan for our supply chain. So, so of course, we support uh, several brands, Freightliner, Western Star, Thomas Bus, School Bus, things of that nature. But we have over 1,100 dealer and distributor locations that we have to supply parts through. We've got um, uh, 10 PDCs in the U.S., parts distribution centers in the U.S. and Canada. We have another one in Mexico. We've got seven remanufacturing facilities. Um, we've got 17 Alliance parts stores and over 100 Alliance stores within a store. So through all of that, uh, supply chain is very critical uh, to getting parts to our PDCs and out to dealers and then uh, finally out to customers. So if I could just, you know, kind of lay out so that the audience understands uh, what we're, we're trying to work through. But, but through the pandemic, um, quite frankly, we were able to live uh, our purpose. And our purpose statement is for all who keep the world moving. And that really blossomed uh, through COVID. Um, we have systems like a, a retail inventory management system called RIMPRO, uh, which really showed its legs uh, in COVID. Uh, it's retail planning, uh, looking at algorithms. Yes, did we tweak it uh, as we got into to COVID? Yes, we did. We did uh, look at that. But we had to establish some new processes, Alan. Um, things, for example, with our field, uh, they started looking daily at trucks that were down, uh, reporting that and escalating that back up. And, and we had to use innovative ways to solve that uh, for our customers uh, through the heart of COVID. We had to establish, like many companies, uh, new protocols um, for safety, uh, distancing, things of that nature. But our PDCs, fortunately, uh, throughout the heart of COVID all the way up to today, remained open um, so that we could satisfy our customers. And in fact, our senior vice president, Stefan Kirshner, uh, this week was at one of our PDCs thanking the employees uh, for all that they did to keep the world moving and their dedication. But our dealers, uh, we work with our dealers and through our dealer network development to make sure that we understood which departments within the dealers were impacted by COVID and that we could make sure that we routed customers uh, to open uh, dealers. Most of our dealers also remained open uh, all throughout COVID. 
We also kept um, a pulse on parts. And, and, and Alan, um, I'm going to use an, a, not an analogy, but the real life that we all experience. Um, we stopped the hoard. And, and we saw that happen with what? Toilet paper. Uh, you know, you remember, you may have forgotten, but at the beginning of COVID, uh, the people used to joke, does COVID create diarrhea? But because <laughs> all the toilet paper is gone. But, but uh, basically, with supply chains, we know that an optimized supply chain is uh, a steady increasing demand or a steady decreasing demand. It gets really tough when you have spikes in demand uh, up or down. And, and hoarding creates those spikes. So we work with our dealers, our customers, our suppliers to ensure, uh, Alan, that there were not, uh, there was not hoarding going on of parts. And all of those things, I think, uh, really helped us kind of come through uh, uh, the crisis pretty well. And I'll, I'll end with this, a little story. We had, uh, I think you recall on the news when the vaccines, the first day the vaccines left the plants. Uh, did you see that on the news? Oh, yeah. Um, it's working and, that day. Yeah. And it was it, it was light at the end of the tunnel for, for most of us. And uh, we were proud about the vaccines leaving, but we we're also proud because all of those trucks, those vaccines we're getting on were Freightliner Cascadia's. But that also uh, bared a burden with us because those vaccines had to remain at a certain temperature. Uh, if trucks went down, uh, we had to respond very quickly. So we established uh, a, a new process for the vaccine transports. We used our 724 call center, had a vaccine hotline, um, and, a, and an escalation process uh, to handle that if, if those vaccines, um, you know, had some disruption. And, and oddly enough, the day after Christmas, uh, one of those vehicles had an issue. It was after hours. And we had to exercise that process. The the call the dealer called the 24-hour uh, hotline. Uh, we escalated it to our supply chain people, which in turn got it through to our distribution folks. An order uh, after hours went into our uh, Des Moines, Iowa PDC, um, and and ultimately our PDC manager drove in um, uh, late at night, picked up the part, and drove it uh, to where the customer was to keep it up and going. But those are some of the types of things we had to do to deliver what we call a five-star customer experience right in the heart uh, of COVID. And I think other entities dealing with supply chain have to, to take similar measures. Yeah, what we've seen certainly with uh, talking to some of the uh, some of the carriers that are involved. I mean, there, there are um, sort of best practices that operate uh, up and down the line. And obviously, if, uh, you know, Daimler was involved, then you know what you needed to do because there is no room for error with with these shipments of vaccine. And these folks are paying extremely close attention to every aspect, especially trailer visibility and things like that. We've certainly uh, learned a lot about that. What of the um, of the things that you described, Richard? You know, during the uh, the, the pandemic and the changes you made. Which of those do you think will, will sort of stick with you as as uh, you move forward now? Well, uh, that's a really good question. And I think all of the new processes that, you know, I kind of highlighted um, and, and tools and data, looking at data, I think uh, they can always be with us and become a part of our, our culture. Um, I, I will say that uh, branding, 
I think is key in a branding strategy plays a role and in, in, in we'll have to focus on that more as we go forward. And what do I mean by that? Well, we have a DTNA part strategy that that uh, we want to be the, the number one stop, one stop solution for our customers in which we have a genuine offering, um, a premier parts offering for all makes and reman. And then, of course, the third area is a good value line, which is I talked about earlier alliance. And uh, that's why we established the stores and the stores within the stores. And we we increased our product portfolio uh, in alliance from 60 lines to 90 because of going forward. We, the key through supply chain disruptions is parts alternatives. Our customers uh, are, are driving trucks to move freight. Are, our customers are the blood of America. Uh, or of any country, because every product, good or service, even though it may touch a an ocean freight, a plane, a train, it has to top, touch a truck to get to where it's going. And so uh, the way I look at it, uh, our customers are the blood of America. And so we have to keep them rolling. And to do that, you have to have parts alternatives. Um, parts alternatives helped us through some of the supply chain disruptions we saw when some of our suppliers had major COVID issues, let's say in, in Mexico, or, or they couldn't uh, uh, go to work or things of that nature. We, we were able to um, uh, satisfy our customers' needs through part alternatives. So I think that's critical uh, as we push forward. And, and uh, data analytics in, uh, is critical as we look into the future uh, of what may be happening with tariffs and raw materials and things of that nature. So so we think that all of this, all of our efforts that we, the initiatives we put through in COVID uh, can be used post-COVID, Alan. Yeah. I want to ask you one more that occurred to me. You mentioned uh, data analytics. Were you able or did you find the need to sort of move parts around? Maybe they were planned for a distribution center for you know replacement, but you found that there was a certain issue out there that needed you needed to get to parts to a factory, for example. You know because of course we saw six seven weeks of downtime last year, and when you came back, of course you started up a little slowly, but then immediately it was you know all 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 to the wall. My question is, were you able to move parts as needed into factories if you needed them there and, and sort of divert them as necessary? You must have been working inside of uh, DTNA last year <laughs> because because uh, actually uh, parts went backwards and forwards. So, for example, in the aftermarket, if we needed parts for a truck uh, that was down and we didn't have it in our PDCs, one of the strategic things that we did was call our friends at our at our plants that build new trucks, and if they had the part. Uh, uh, we work with them to secure the part. And that's always dicey when you're talking about planning a, a plant operation. But on the flip side, um, sometimes the plants uh, ran out of material and we had the material and we expedited material out of our PDCs uh, uh, to, to the plants. And the third thing, uh, which you didn't mention, which goes on as well, is, is um, between us and our dealers, we have well over a billion dollars in inventory. Okay. So sometimes our dealers have that inventory and we would, uh, in the aftermarket, have dealer-to-dealer -dealer, uh, sales and things of that nature. So we have some tools to that generate visibility up and down throughout the system. But that's a great, great point you just raised there. 
Yeah, well, I've, I can't say I came up with it by myself, but I have heard that that happened. And, and the ability, when you mentioned visibility, you know, the ability to do that, I think, is, is critical and to do it without great disruption to any of the any of the channel partners. Right. Um, I guess I guess I want to move over if we can and just talk for a moment or time's getting a little short here. But I want to I want to ask you about the online parts ordering and and is that going to eventually dominate the aftermarket world, the parts world? You know, um, I think as we look in our personal lives, uh, you would say that uh, digital or e-commerce has become uh, more significant. And in the trucking industry, um, it it has been growing. And um, I would say that we did something, we launched our platform, a a new platform, a state-of-the-art platform called AcceleratorParts.com. and that was launched in 2020 in the depth of uh, COVID. Um, we saw that uh, our demand through our e-commerce platform uh, greatly increased. And, and quite frankly, Stu McKay and Company, an independent um, aftermarket uh, assessor or analyst in the marketplace, they, they thought in three years about 15% of the overall uh, parts business would be going through an e-commerce type of a platform. And, and maybe you, you've heard that. But based upon on what we're seeing, we, we think uh, we'll, we'll be uh, far exceeding that. We'll, we'll hit that uh, a lot sooner. In fact, um, last year over our prior platform, we saw about a 15% increase just last year uh, over 2019 in, in terms of orders that were uh, placed via e-commerce and, and an accelerator.com. Uh, and that's because it's the perfect search, find, buy. Uh, and it's not just the e-commerce, it's also including uh, e-cataloging, which in heavy trucking, understanding what part it is the right part to put on helps you uh, with uptime. So looking forward, I would say uh, we expect to see in this year, 2021, another 40% uh, uh, plus increase in, in, in uh, digital orders through uh, our platform accelerator. There's there's others out there, um, but but I think the reason for the growth and and uh, and the reason why it's here to stay is number one, a good digital experience equals a, a great customer experience, and customers are especially in trucking are looking for ease of, of doing business, um, and and I think accelerator and e-commerce tools really help with that ease of doing business. Mm-hmm. The, the contrast to that, though, Richard, is that you have announced uh, a pretty significant uh, footprint increase, physical footprint increase, uh, both last year and uh, planned for 2021. Um, they obviously go together. Maybe you can help help us understand how that works. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a little bit of the secret sauce. And, and uh, if I can just elaborate on that a little bit, um, just because uh, we think e-commerce is going to be the future and there's uh, digital plays a lot of roles in, in all of our lives. Um, it, just because of that doesn't mean that we need to uh, get rid of uh, brick and mortar. Uh, when I say brick and mortar, I'm talking about our dealers uh, and our PDCs. So, so as I mentioned earlier, we have 10 PDCs. Those PDCs have over 3.5 uh, million square feet filled with inventory. Okay. in those 10 PDCs uh, that's backed up with a, uh, DDS or direct delivery service that in essence delivers parts to our dealers within 12 hours uh, for 90% of our network. And our 1,100 dealer locations 
And the inventory that they have, like I mentioned earlier, combined over a billion dollars of inventory, we can, essence, in essence, through Accelerator, deliver parts faster than uh, you experience with Amazon, for example. So, so take, take uh, Amazon, you, you buy something, and if it's prime, it gets, comes there next day or the day after. Um, but with our uh, uh, e-commerce platform, you order the part, you can have it on your doorstep within hours. Order it late morning, you can have it mid-afternoon. Why? Because our brick and mortar, Alan, our dealers have the part, and they, they have uh, thousands of parts delivery vehicles that can deliver that part within a matter of hours not days. So so the brick and mortar has to be married with the e-commerce system for it to be extremely powerful for our customers. Yeah, you're describing what sounds like a, a mirror of the Amazon business. Uh, you know, I, I just yesterday I needed some ink for a printer and I immediately went to Amazon. But before I pushed the button, I thought, well, let me check a certain retailer and I could not see whether they really had it or didn't. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go over there and be disappointed. So I just pushed the button and, you know, there we are. And I think that happens an awful lot in all of our homes these days. What, um, you know, I, I, I think you've alluded to this a little bit, but how much uh, of the predictive parts, if you will, uh, predictive parts ordering are you doing now? And do you see this increasing as you're able to learn more from from the trucks of the road, and I mean the sensors that are on the trucks and and things like that, uh, are you able to do much with that? Yeah, you know, there's may, probably two different paths um, uh, to that question. Number one, the sensors and things you talk about in our system, we call it virtual technician, and it as the truck is operating, captures fault codes, um, captures things that are happening with the truck, sends messages uh, if you need to service now or if this can be service later. Um, and I think going forward, we are working on things that, um, in essence, take those codes, run them through machine learning, um, uh, where we, we say, hey, this typically begets this, right? These parts are going to be needed. We know, based upon our integrated systems, that RimPro I talked about earlier, that's integrated with our dealer management systems, we know which dealers have said part. Uh, we can schedule appointments. Uh, the future is really bright for predictive, right? But there's another path that we're also on um, uh, that's also taking a look at, uh, let's say, Alan, you bought a thousand trucks from us and they're uniquely spec trucks, right? Um, we're using machine learning to take a look at those thousand trucks, look at the vocation in which they're in, compare uh, all the new parts to the VMRS codes, the vehicle uh, uh, maintenance reporting standard codes, and, and uh, apply that to machine learning and predict when uh, some of those parts may need to be replaced so that we can get the parts loaded, costed, priced it, priced and positioned in PDCs that you'll need them in the right time. And so we're just piloting this and it's really promising. We looked at some customers' trucks that got built uh, a, a few years ago and not too, too much longer ago, but a few years ago. And we ran uh, this machine learning process through it, and the machine uh, recommended that we start stocking uh, some of the parts. And as we were going through this pilot, that customer started placing orders for some of those parts. So, so I, I really am excited about what um, artificial intelligence or machine learning data analytics can do for our business and for uptime. 
that's a that's a great place to leave this. I, I think you know it's a pretty exciting business that you've got going right now. You've got it. You've got it both in the uh, as you said in the brick and mortar, and you've got it uh, virtual and 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 digitally and and working to get yourself to more predictive work, uh, predictive parts ordering. Uh, Richard, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.